Today on the Doc on the Run podcast, we're talking about subfibular impingement syndrome. Hi, I'm Dr. Christopher Segler, and thanks for tuning in to the Doc on the Run podcast, where we help you understand how to keep training and running even if you've been injured. That may sound confusing to you, but I'm going to explain it. So you may be looking this up because somebody told you how it. You may be you're a runner and somebody said that this is a reason you should stop running. But we're going to talk about what this condition is and what you can do about it. So first thing you have to understand is that when you look at the foot, you know, the fibula bone is the outside ankle bone over here. And so it's referring to the fibula and impingement just means pinch or get stuck and squished somehow. So subfibular impingement syndrome means that this fibula at the bottom of it, so sub for under the fibula, that it's impinging, that it's hitting something under here. And you really have, you know, a couple things under there. One of them is the talus bone, the other is the heel bone. And basically what happens with subfibular impingement syndrome is that your foot pronates hard and when it pronates and your arch collapses, the fibula bone actually smacks into the side of the heel bone right here. So when your heel bone tilts over as a consequence of your arch flattening out and the heel bone has to tilt over, the fibula and the heel bone actually smack together and causes this impingement. So what does that mean? Well, it means you squish the tissue together and it starts to hurt. The big problem isn't that it's hitting, it's just that it's causing pain and inflammation of some variety. And in really severe cases, it can actually wear a hole through the bone where the fibula bone is actually smacking into the heel bone. So we're gonna talk about this in detail, but the reason runners get subfibular impingement syndrome, first of all, is that you have a relatively flat foot type that's unstable and can roll over and smack into the heel bone into the fibula. That's the first thing. So if you have really high arches, you probably do not have subfibular impingement syndrome. So the reason I'm doing this episode is I just saw a guy last week who was told that he had subfibular impingement syndrome and he had to stop running and the doctor spent two minutes with him. He got frustrated and he called me for a second opinion. I looked at him and he didn't have that at all. He had something else entirely and there was no reason to really stop running in his case, but he needed to do some things to make sure that the pain that he had to calm down. But I do understand why the doctor thought that he might have subfibular impingement syndrome, but my guess is he just didn't spend enough time to really sort it out and get the proper diagnosis. But that's an aside. So the thing is, is that anytime you get a running injury, I always think about this in terms of like, what is the best case scenario? and What is the worst case scenario? The best case scenario, of course, is you can do something really simple, get it to calm down and then continue running without any problems whatsoever. Worst case scenario is that you continue to treat it, you continue to try to run and it causes pain or some bigger problem long-term that prevents you from running forever. Now that's the big problem. So first thing is you wanna make sure that you don't have a problem that's gonna get so much worse that you can't run in the future. And then if you know what to do and you know what the options are, you know what good, you know what is the worst case scenario, what's the best case scenario, you can kind of try to figure out whether or not you can be able to run as you heal this thing. So the first reason that doctors misdiagnose subfibular impingement syndrome is that you know you have pain over here on the outside of the ankle and they look at you and maybe you have flat feet or something and they just say, oh, well, you're probably impinging, you're probably pinching this when you pronate and that's what's causing the problem and you shouldn't run. But you could get a couple of other problems. So you could actually have inflammation in this little pocket in the front of the fibula. Um, kind of, it's kind of under the fibula, but it's actually a little bit in front of it. We call that the sinus tarsi. That's way, way, way more common than subfibular impingement syndrome in runners. Um, that often happens as a consequence of an ankle sprain. And if you get a sprained ankle and you have pain in your foot and it's kind of near the fibula and some doctor tells you have subfibular impingement syndrome, you might want to double check and see if you have sinus tarsi syndrome. So there's another whole um, episode on that that explains that in detail. You could also get arthritis in this joint underneath the ankle joint. So the talus bone sits on top of the heel bone 
under the ankle, and that joint under the talus is called the sub-talar joint for sub uh, for under and tailor for referring to the talus and, and joint, of course, because it's a joint. So subtalar joint arthritis happens in people who have sprained their subtalar joint and they wear it out, but they didn't realize it. They actually thought they sprained their ankle joint, but they sprained the subtalar joint. And if you get damage in that joint, it can hurt in a similar way that subfibular impingement syndrome does hurt. You can also get pain in the perineal tendons because the perineal tendons run around the back of the fibula and right under the corner of the fibula. And sometimes when doctors are pushing on there, they're squishing the uh, tendons and they think that you actually have this subfibular impingement syndrome, but really you don't. You just have perineal tendonitis. And there's lots of episodes on that that we've done as well that explain that in great detail. So that's the reason it gets misdiagnosed. Now, you also have to understand like exactly why runners get it, how you can tell if you have it, what the signs and symptoms are, all that kind of stuff, and then what the first steps are you should take whenever you get this problem. We're gonna talk about it in great detail in just a second. So don't go anywhere and we'll be right back. What's a virtual doctor visit? The idea of not running at all while waiting for my foot to heal was simply depressing. I really needed a second opinion from an expert someone who specializes in helping runners. What you'll get from Dr. Segler, in my experience, is expert runner and medical care that's individualized for your needs. I'm left with actionable steps to recover from my injury. Dr. Segler is different, and I felt heard, didn't feel patronized, and I felt like he prioritized getting me back to running as soon as possible, as much as I did. I just couldn't see sitting around for six weeks knowing my hard-earned fitness would vanish. I know Dr. Segler is an expert, and I wanted to see him in person. But frankly, I just couldn't afford the cost of a house call. I saved enough money to pay for my next marathon registration. You'll have an appointment with Dr. Segler, whether it's via Skype or on the phone. You can expect, one, he's gonna be on time. Two, he's gonna be able to spend more time with you than the typical uh, visit in a doctor's office. And both of those are gonna result in more effective diagnosis and treatment plan for you. I'm a young woman in the Philippines and I hurt my ankle yesterday. I just wanted to say thank you and that it's such a relief to be able to find a website like yours and get some information when I'm in a place with uh, little to no medical care. So I just wanted to call and say thank you. You're awesome. Book a virtual doctor visit and get a second opinion online today. Welcome back to the Doc on the Run podcast. Okay, so the first thing is, you know, probably you're thinking like, well, how can I tell if I have subfibular impingement? Well, there's several ways. One of them is based on your story. So if you tell me that you have really flat feet and you run on a slopey road at the side of the road, well, that does a couple things. For one, if the road slopes this way and you put your foot on it, you know, your tibia is going to stay straight up and down to keep you from falling over, but then your foot is going to have to flop over and pronate super hard on your uphill foot. So if you're running um, with your back to traffic, for example, your left foot is going to pronate hard on that side of the street. If you're running facing traffic, the opposite happens. You know, you're facing traffic, your left foot supinates, but then your right foot has to pronate. So if you tell me you have really flat feet, you're always facing traffic when you run in the road, you do most of your runs in the road, and you started having this pain under your fibula and it hurts when you push on the end of the fibula and it hurts when you push on the heel bone, then it's possible you might have subfibular impingement syndrome. Then the, the deal is you just have to rule out all these other problems. So we've actually done separate lessons where we talk about that in detail, but you know, show you how to rule out other things like perineal tendonitis or sinus tarsi syndrome or an anterior talofibular ligament sprain. The details don't matter here. The point is that you only have a few things in that area. 
And if your story fits with subfibular impingement syndrome where you started doing one workout or maybe ran on a trail, you went on a long run and it was really slopey where you're going around um, some trail that you know has been eroded and slopes downward and your uphill foot was getting pronated and your heel bone was banging into the fibula over and over with every single step and you tell me that it hurts when you only push on these spots where you get pain when you have subfibular impingement syndrome, then that would certainly lead to that diagnosis. So when you go to a doctor's office, they're going to generally take x-rays. And they almost always want to take x-rays. That kind of drives me nuts. I mean, just this couple days ago, I went to an endodontist and went in and she said, okay, we're going to take x-rays. And I said, well, why are you take x-rays? He's 10. He doesn't need any more x-rays. He just had x-rays. So well, we don't have them. And I said, well, the office was supposed to send them to you here. So can you call them and get them? So will you just, just take our own? I was like, yeah, no, but he just had x-rays. So he doesn't really need them, does he? Well, you know, but we like to just keep them in the computer. I'm like, yeah, and you can still get the x-rays. So we don't need to x-ray them. So I don't think you need any extra x-rays unless it's really necessary. But when you get an x-ray, if you have subfibular impingement syndrome, it's been going on a very, very long time, then it'll show some erosions in the bone or a little cyst or a hard white spot or even a hollow spot in the bone where the bone's been banging together over and over and over. That only happens after many, 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 many years of that happening. What more often you see is that if, if a doctor takes away uh, an x-ray and you're not standing, your foot's floppy, so it doesn't actually show those bones touching and doesn't really point to subfibular impingement syndrome. So it may not show anything at all. If your foot's in a normal position and you're really not prone to this problem, but you could get it running on the wrong slope and you take an x-ray, well, the bone's still in relatively normal alignment and you're not forcibly pronating the foot and impinging. And when they take a normal x-ray with you standing in the normal position, nothing shows up. But then there is a way they can do it. They can basically have you stand on the edge of a book and then your big toe joint kind of falls off. And when that happens, it forcibly pronates you. And, and then you can see this impingement where the bone actually hits the fibula over here. And when that happens, then the doctor could make the diagnosis of subfibular impingement syndrome just based on your x-ray. But in most cases, with most runners, they'll have to have a special sort of x-ray where you do this thing that we call the Coleman block test to try to assess and figure out like how stable your foot is. And we have you step on a book and, and then take an x-ray to see how much you hang off of there and pronate and then see if you actually impinge. We do that. That's one way to do it. Another way to do it is with a CT scan or an MRI. So if we get a CT scan of your foot, which is a, like kind of like an MRI, just uses x-rays instead of um, a magnet to take the pictures and or an MRI, either one, you get uh, a show, you'll get some irritation, inflammation within the bone showing up as well as a cyst or a hard spot or a hollow spot where the bones have been touching together. And we actually call those specific lesions where you have a, an erosion in the bone here or kind of like place where it's been eaten away from all that banging back and forth over and over and over and a little spot on the end of the fibula. It's actually two little circles and you know it usually forms where you have two circles kind of bumping up against each other. And because you see these two little hard white hollow circles bumping up against each other, we call them kissing lesions. So when you have that, then you have the diagnosis of subfibular impingement syndrome. So the way that you fix this is basically you stop doing the thing that aggravates it and you do something to decrease the inflammation. So you just have to make sure that you get rid of all the inflammation and you stop doing the same thing if you want to get back to running. That's really all you have to do with this. It's not that complicated. In terms of how to do that, you know, you can do ice, you can do contrast baths, you can do elevation, you can wear compression socks. You have got to do something to get the inflammation out of there. And then if you're running on the right side of the road all the time and you got this, then you should try running on the left side of the road and see if it alleviates it. If you can alleviate the pain just by changing where you run or putting some over-the-counter inserts in your shoes or something to decrease some of the stress and strain on the outside of your fibula 
and it doesn't hurt at all when you run, then you might be able to just continue running while you heal the subfibular impingement syndrome. If you have a question that you would like answered as a future edition of the Doc on the Run podcast, send it to me and then make sure you join me in the next edition of the Doc on the Run podcast. Thanks again for listening.